0: Welcome back to Top 5 Disco. I'm Josh. And I'm Adam. And this is it. We are back wrapping up our podcast series on Counting Crows. Last week, we finished our discography dissection by discussing the band's sixth and most recent album, Somewhere Under Wonderland, as well as their covers album, b-sides, and non-album tracks. This week, we've invited two special guests to the show for a roundtable discussion of all things Counting Crows and to wrap up our entire deep dive with our worst and best lists. Here we go. All right, so welcome back. In the studio today, we have a very special episode and two very special guests. I brought in two of the biggest Counting Crows fans that I know, two friends of mine. On my left, there's Dina. Say hi.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: And on my right is Tom. Say hello. Hey, how you doing? And I'm just thrilled to have you guys on. A couple months ago, Adam and I were going to see, or Adam, Dina, and I, rather, were going to see Counting Crows, and then it just so happened that Tom texted me. He's like, hey, I have an extra ticket to this band. I don't know if you like Counting Crows. And I was like, we're already going. Get in the car. <laughs> I had four extra tickets. Yeah, so. That's right. And Criminal. I at the
1: time thought that he was just someone who was on the street and you somehow Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: anyway, the four of us driving down to see Counting Crows. Hey, this guy likes them. <laughs> the four of us going down. He's got down a beard. got <laughs> a beard. To, he's to probably see know. Counting Crows and just the discussion that was happening in the car, I was just like, this is the podcast. I cannot wait to have you guys in the studio. Uh, I'm so excited to hear what you think about this band, what your favorites are, how you got into them. So obviously, this is going to be just a nice, fun little roundtable discussion. But let me start off, Tom, by asking, how did you get into Counting Crows? What what was the first song you heard by them? The first song I ever heard by them
2: was Mr. Jones. And I was uh, six years old. I clearly (laughs) remember it being played uh, in the car and not knowing what it was about. Not knowing a single word, really. I didn't even understand what he was saying in the chorus. But I remember thinking, I really like this song. Because hmm. it, it was just coming out in, I guess, 93. Yep. And so I clearly remember hearing it and not knowing, again, anything about it. And I always wondered, what was that song? Like I always heard. And then like a while later, um, I heard it playing on WXPN out of Philadelphia. With uh, My dad was listening to it in the car. And... I was like, this is that song I was always like into, what the hell was this? And then when it was done, uh, David Dye goes, Mr. Jones. And I was like, yes, I got it. <laughs> and then from there, that was at that point um, when I reheard it, Napster was taking over and okay. I went on and I was like, I'm downloading the hell out of this thing. <laughs> so uh that was it. And then I always was a Crows fan from there and then but in high school I dated a girl who loved, loved them. Um and she loved Anna Begins. And then I started playing that. And then I would play more of August and everything after, and it kind of just grew out of that. Um and it, it maintains to this day. My intense love remains to this day. Ooh. Yeah. Love it. Yeah.
0: All right. So what is maybe you just revealed it, your favorite album by them and why?
2: Oh, August and Everything After. No question. Wow. I think it's untouchable. Wow. We touched it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. I remember the discussion in the car. Yeah, we sort of previewed it in the car. I was like,
0: you guys are, it's not your favorite? We were on the
1: same team. Yeah. Yeah,
0: To me, I think to both of us, it's a great album and super solid, but doesn't capture what I love
2: about the band. band. Oh, man. It captures it perfectly. It feels
3: very singer-songwritery to me. That's what I love, mm, and really? it's so isn't that the point? It's so <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I do Maybe that was the point of the album, but the band now, up to this point, like they're a band band, and mm. like their orchestrations as a band are so full and unique. And I don't think that was really present during August and everything after.
2: That's totally fair. But what I love about the Crows is Adam Duritz. Honestly, fair enough. I right. mean, he, he and I, he, he is the thing He started it all for did. sure. He keeps me like yeah. captivated in it. Yeah. Um, his performances are so emotional mm-hmm. and they're so heavy, and the lyrics, when they're really good, are fantastic. So and good. I just think that is that album is just all him, mm-hmm. and it's his
0: misery. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> truly. All right, why don't do you want to get into your top five favorite Counting Crows songs of all time? Uh, sure. List them off: five to one, five to one. Yeah,
2: let's. I'll write them down. Penalties. I had them in a specific order. Okay. So we'll go in reverse. Okay. So my number five favorite is "Shallow Days." Wow! wow. <laughs> Love that jam. So demo, good. demo, deep cut, demo outtake. Really, I guess from August and everything after. Maria's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's excellent. Uh, number five or four rather. Recovering the Satellites title track.
3: Perfect classic classic choice. Song.
2: Love it. I adore that song. That whole album is like just beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number three is Children in Bloom. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was, a, that, that honestly could have been number one. I, I play that all the time, especially in winter, because it's a good, miserable, everything's emotional and heavy song. And uh, number two. Mrs. Potter's Lullaby.
3: Ooh. And I remember I feel like I heard you saying at least that for you their albums kept decreasing in terms of your opinion of them.
2: I do believe that.
3: Not that you can't still find a gem off of that album, but
4: that excites um, me.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Mrs. Potter's Lullaby. I think it's it's I love the piano on it. I love every line is just so poetic and interesting. It's like him at his highest form writing. And um, I I just think that's a perfect song. When they opened with it, when we saw them, I just like lost it. And I knew it was coming. It still psyched. I remember you
4: losing it. It was beautiful. I was like, yes.
3: (laughs) He wrote that song in eight hours.
2: Yeah, and it's perfect. It just came out in like one. Exactly. And it's about, who's it about again? It's Monica Monica Potter. Monica Potter. The
3: actress. Who he eventually dated. And a bunch of these other songs on the album were actually about her. I
2: love... um, Uh, him describing that where he's like i wrote it because i actually fell in love with someone on a movie screen and like you
3: shouldn't do that
4: (laughs) and then he did i
3: actually it sounds like from a bunch of interviews that i've been reading and watching that's a thing that he calls out about himself he really has always had not that you know no one else has done this before but he definitely has an infatuation with actresses oh yeah so I think I think he just needed to write a song about that. On, Courtney Potter, Potter, Cox. Courtney
0: Cox. Jennifer Aniston.
1: Emmy yeah. Ross.
3: Mary, Rosam. Mary yeah. Louise
2: Parker. <laughs> yeah. The list goes on. Yeah. Um, but my number one favorite, and we talked about this in the car, you know it, uh, is Sullivan Street. Uh, I really like that song. I'm
1: with you. Yeah.
2: yeah oh, my gum.
3: God. Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: Um, Adam and I are going to be polar opposites. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I feel like discussion. there's
1: a big divide <laughs> we'll, in this we'll table right now. We'll talk about
3: it later in this episode. I love the
0: chorus to Sullivan Street. I love that duet harmony. It's mm. and almost <laughs> the, the piano feels kind of 80s. Dun, dun, dun. And I, I dig it. I always felt
3: like the song just kind of drudges along a little bit. And mm. there's something about the chorus where Josh and I have been obviously been talking about Adam's voice all day. And how people call it whiny. And, like, for us, it's, like, maybe it's whiny, but it's, like, it's emotional, emotional, it's raw, and it's perfect, and that is what, you know, Mm. singers should be yet... There's something about that chorus which really does come off to me as whiny. It's the melody. Mm. It's the. Let's let's not
0: shitting on his number one favorite song. <laughs> hey, Give a chance to, to discuss- defend it. <laughs> let's get to Saturday nights and Sunday mornings, and I'm gonna slice and dice oh, it.
2: Wait, so why is it your number one? Uh, it's hard to say. I just I I love everything about it. You just trashed. Um, <laughs> I love... Uh, you
3: didn't know what you were getting into. I
2: think the the guitar intro is great. Uh, the melody is awesome. Um, it's hard to say. It's got that ethereal, like, just transcendent quality to it that I just love. Yeah. And it's just, it's always been a favorite. I constantly play it. That's one I will never, ever skip. Uh, and that, I'm pretty sure that's my favorite Counting Crow song. Love it. Yeah. Wow. Any honorable mentions? Oh, yeah. There were a ton. Uh, Mr. Jones, Goodnight Elizabeth. Hmm. Uh, hard Candy
0: title track I really love, love. Hard Candy oh, Love it
3: That was Josh's Number one Number
0: three
3: th- Oh my bad Ever?
0: <laughs> no three pick on Hard Candy We haven't gotten oh. to our Top number five
3: ever.
2: ever That is my Hard Candy's my number one On that album I think Yeah Maybe
0: that's a whole other discussion <laughs> I suppose so it sounds you know we had talked a little bit earlier that you said you know the quality is sort of decreased to you from album to album but you're still a big fan you obviously went to go see them live yeah you, how many times have you seen them live I've only seen them twice Oh, you have okay yeah
2: Um, I mean I'd obviously like to see them more Um, yeah for me and we said this in the card like for me every album is a slight step down in quality from the last like I think August and Everything After is, is a masterpiece and I had a friend in college who said that like a perfect album is one that you can listen to it and never skip a track. Yeah. And August and everything after is that for me. So then the next one down, Recovering the Satellites, still hits everything emotionally. Uh, the instrumentation is great on it. Um, it's a maybe a little too long. It's very agreed. Long. agreed.
3: Yeah. All of s- their albums after that, except the most recent one, yeah, are so long. Are there songs they need to be pared
0: down on recovering that you'd skip? Um.
2: I mean, you could maybe drop Mercury if yep, you wanted. Yep.
4: <laughs> drop it. We're all nodding. Uh, <laughs>
2: Monkey I would drop. No. I heard him do Monkey Live once, and it was, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. But for me, that's like a really emotional, dramatic album. Yeah. And like it's like, all dressed up no
0: place to go. I'm like, this kills the tone right away for me. So at the time of the show that we saw all together... You had mentioned that you hadn't really listened to the latest album and that right. you just told me walking in that you finally did. So I want to hear sort of a mini review. What do you think of the new record?
2: Well, I listened to Palisade Park. Right. I thought it was great. Yeah. I really liked it. And um, you know, the first couple songs I was actually uh dreading a little bit because I was like, I think I like this more than Saturday nights. Like, mm. oh man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, they're not gonna, they're gonna disagree with me badly. But uh <laughs> as I was playing it, it it stayed very mediocre yeah, the yeah. whole way through. Like it it wasn't bad by any means. I mean it was it was competently made music. Yeah. But it was very <laughs> They're musicians. Yeah, they're <laughs> musicians. Right. So but they were um uh it just stayed very like yeah, this is a song that they made. And now I'll listen to the next one. It's my, my, honestly, pretty it's well a, said. Yeah. yeah. Are there good, any uh, other
3: songs aside from Palisades Park that stuck out to you or not really? That was kind of just it. Uh, they were spendable. That's basically it. <laughs> yeah, to, to be honest.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, it stayed just, uh, yeah, just kind of complacent. Also, his voice is really high in the mix. Did you notice that we, we tore that
3: something apart. about I, something is the wrong production with the album? Yeah, this album, but it has to go through so many channels. The band Adam has to sign off on that. The producer has to sign off on that. Mixer. Obviously, the mixer did it, <laughs> yeah. but like, but everyone the mixer wanted they that. That. chose to do it. Everyone yeah. wanted. They were all fine with that. I don't get it because no, the production like, on every other album before that is different from album to album. Mm. But you can hear everything clearly, and every especially the first two albums
0: different. where his and you could say this about every album, but the first two albums, his voice is one of the instruments. It's one of the band. Yeah, yeah. And so it's all mixed so well and so meshed together. And it just sticks out like a sore thumb on this record. And to yeah. be
3: honest, I mean, Josh and I were talking about how his voice has just gotten a little rougher and gruffer mm-hmm. over the last six years, for sure. I mean, in general, over the course of his career, but for the one album where he probably is the least on in terms of his voice. He's way out front. He's way up front. Yeah. It <laughs> feels very True. off. There's it's something off wrong. about that. Yeah. that's
2: unfortunate. That was one of the things I noticed right away on it, where yeah. I was like, is this correct? Because I listened to like a streaming oh. version of it. Yeah. So it I does thought, sound
3: hmm. at times like a really good demo. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. <laughs> it it's it was, uh, so was a bad. bit of a letdown. I'm like
3: both happy and sad that we all feel Agreed. the same way about that. <laughs> yeah. We haven't heard from Gina yet, but yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I'm with you. I found it kind of unremarkable, but I do really love dislocation. I think dislocation that I remember crowd sticking pleaser. out to me too.
3: Dislocation, it's funny. I think the production brought that down a peg for me mm. because there's the chorus Josh really doesn't like the chorus about um of that song, Love the verses
0: so much. Yeah, the verses are great. The chorus is just. I really, a I like the
3: chorus. There's this one guitar part that, uh, like, the lead guitar player is playing, which I like. I remember seeing the song live before this album even came out, and I heard it in full, and everything was was mixed very well. Even though I think it was probably Sean Dealey, the same, you know, live sound engineer. Right. Um, but on record, this part that the guitar player was playing was like super low, and Adam was super high in the mix, and it just felt so odd and awkward and anyway when i first got into the album dislocation was always a a top of mine i remember and josh will remember too and it it maintained it was still i guess it was number four for me now but
0: (laughs) so obviously the last record we're not all big fans of but all pretty excited hopefully for the future um i'm just excited to hear where they go next hopefully something better than that but let's switch over to dina now want to talk about how you got into the band the first song you heard by them what you love about them etc
1: yeah, so I I'm imagining I probably heard Mr. Jones first, but mm-hmm. the first song that I really remember hearing and falling in love with—maybe this is kind of embarrassing—but it was accidentally in love. That's not Two. Me too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, we came ten years too
4: late, but yeah. I, I did the same.
1: Yeah, I mean, so the one of the first CDs I remember buying was Hard Candy. So mm. in honor of that. Oh, my
0: God. <laughs> Dina just brought us. Crink, crinkle it in the uh, microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Some Starlight Mint.
1: <laughs> it's just Some the hard same candy. hard candy. You're remembering <laughs> oh again and again. Mm.
4: You're yeah. <laughs> um
1: Yeah, but it was the, the first album that I bought. I still remember seeing it in my little CD case and just listening to all of the songs and... I really its kind of jump-started my exploration of music, really, when I first started getting into music. So that and Bang Bang by Dispatch were kind of the two (laughs) CDs that shaped me as a 10-year-old. And then I similar to Tom, got into August and Everything After. And part of that was my, an older sister and her AIM screen name was Sullivan Street CC. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that presages one of my favorite songs, Sullivan Street. Mm-hmm. So I was always kind of, you know, living in her shadow of misery with Adam Duritz and experiencing <laughs> all of that emotion. Um, and yeah, just really, really, really fell in love with August and Everything After taught me kind of how to feel in a certain way, just like shaped how I processed emotion and going through those sort of difficult times as a teenager and being able to relate. That's beautiful. You are not
0: alone there.
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs) So that was how I got into Counting Crows.
0: And you said August is your favorite record?
1: Absolutely. Hands down. Mm Mm-hmm can I listened to it probably thousands of times yeah thousands of times
4: our, uh, same thing out out happened
3: step. in motion city soundtrack true i yeah.
2: was floored in the car when you guys said it wasn't
0: your favorite i was like seriously yeah like are well, you we not will rank true, the albums kind of at the end of this and you'll hear where it falls but mm. uh okay yeah so you have your top 5 songs of all time
1: prepared i do i do so my number f- my number 5 was pretty tough, but I ended up going with High Life. Oh, so
4: beautiful, love that song. beautiful strings. <laughs> well and done. I remember
1: listening to it for the first time and just thinking like, I've never really heard a song quite like this. It was just so poetic and long and expressive and I loved the the string instruments and Adam, just... I think
0: you called it their most experimental song. For yeah. sure. For yeah. sure.
3: I was telling Josh earlier that Adam Duritz once listed off the three songs that he thought sum up Counting Crows and that he would like show to someone um, if they wanted to know what Counting Crows is about. The first one was Round Here. The second one was High Life. And the third one was actually 1492. Mm. The first song off of uh, Saturday Night (laughs) and Sunday Morning. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I mean, I think the the reason was because even he said that High Life was just, it showed where they were at that Mm. time in terms of their experimentation and the spoken word. And I don't know if you know this, but Adam was uh, upside down when he sang that song. He was trying to get like a more tense vocal take. So he literally like- He was literally upside down? He was like on the floor.
0: I don't think he was like hanging from the ceiling, but he was like- he was on, the, on floor the floor with
3: his like legs up on a chair.
0: Yeah, uh, I love just him. Just sort of got like, I yeah, him. I know. <laughs> that's <laughs> so how, he that's that song? how he recorded yeah.
3: that song specifically, and just like that chorus. Yeah, I mean, you said it. You the strings. Talk about it.
1: Yeah, the, the the strings, the kind of tempo changes. Yeah. It all just works, and it's so beautiful. Yeah, you, you, you feel like there's like magical fairies around you when that song is playing. Yes, there's I agree. something so lovely about it. <laughs> I like it. So that's my number five. My number four is St. Robinson in his Cadillac Dream. <laughs> Whoa. Wow.
4: That's what's uh, up. <laughs> I had such
1: a good day today listening to it over and over and over again. Huh.
0: <laughs> my, my huh is, just to interject for a second, um, that song is really cool. To me, it feels a little out of place on this desert life. Do you not feel that? Do you feel like it, it ends the, the album well? song?
1: Yeah, I mean it is kind of an out of place song and i think that's why i like it so much huh. you feel like you're in a weird toy store or on a <laughs> carnival ride that's a really good music for colorful yeah. yeah and it's it's so playful and the imagery the the lyricism in in the song is like unsurpassed for me and yeah. it has one of my favorite song lyrics of all time in Dude. a house where regret is a carousel yes. ride we are spinning, spinning, and spinning. spinning and spinning there's a girl in her basement coming that. out of her shell i mean oh <laughs> so good and again just with the the way that the song evolves and the tempo changes and all of the kind of strange musical instruments that he uses it's a really special song so that's
3: one of my favorite parts on the album even if honestly that song probably is not one of my favorite songs on the album but i love the end of that song get into my car
1: and And drive drive. great way to end an album (laughs) (laughs) so good uh number three is catapults
0: good one (laughs) Great song opener to "Recovering."
1: Yeah, I feel like that needs no explanation because it's just so good. Oh, I mean, gives me chills just talking about it. I
0: said this earlier in the podcast, but when I put that on, all I can think about are the people who grew up just with August and everything after first, and maybe Mm. you know, in ways you guys were one of the. I mean, you said you started with Hard Candy, Dina, but to start with August, to know that album, love it, and then to put on Catapult. Which to me just elevates the band to this level of a little darker, a little screechier, more orchestrated Gritty. band stuff. I don't know. It's just so beautiful. It's such an exciting yeah. song to start a new album with. I I love that song. Good pick.
3: Well, actually, I'm sorry, Tom. Just quickly, yeah, I'm curious. So, did you listen to the albums in succession?
2: Uh, no, you didn't. The, oh, what you mean when they came out? When As I was in, first getting like, into, so
3: them. was August the first album that you knew? Yes. What was the second album that you knew?
2: This Desert Life. Ah, uh, okay.
3: Because I was I was wondering if maybe you could actually, you know, speak about that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hearing, no. Hearing Catapult for the first time <laughs> after only knowing August and everything after. Well,
2: as I, I, you were saying that, I was thinking about, I wonder what it was like for them to then hear Angels of the Silences. Yeah, that, that's you're pretty right. much the main one. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> I said Catapult, but you're right. To hear Angels of the Silences after the rest of the last record after a murder of one yeah it's <laughs> like this is a completely different band yeah yeah
2: you're absolutely right that song is so damn good fucking so
0: love that song
2: good. love that song
1: number 2 is up all night
2: Ooh. oh i almost put that on my list Ooh. what a jam. jam yes i
4: was
1: thinking about it today and i think it's kind of like that campfire jam you're all just kind of gathered around very
3: much so mm. Yeah, uh, there was a, a performance that I played for Josh uh, the other night, from maybe only like four or five years ago, and it's I think at the end of a concert of Counting Crows, and they bring on all of the opening acts to sing that with them because They're that all is on that stage it's, it's, clapping yes. their hands together. Yeah. It's this big euphoric, yeah, as a good pick group gang kind of chanty thing.
1: Totally, and I love that change that. D- if you don't come
3: through
1: yes. So good, you. so sexy <laughs> My number one Obviously is Anna Begins Yes, Ooh.
0: I've always known that As a, a really? Dina song Yep,
1: I think prob- probably a lot of women Have Anna Begins as their number one they I love. would imagine they, Everyone is... wants to be Anna yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Even though the song is about Sort of the
2: hesitation of falling in love Well it's the hesitation from the male's perspective Which I assume always frustrates women but they like it because of that. Because they, it resonates so truthfully. Well, I think it's about
1: a man who's clearly in love, but he doesn't want to admit that he's in love and he right. doesn't want to let yeah. himself continue to fall. But this woman is so special and beautiful. And and every yeah.
3: time she sneezes, he believes it's, it's oh, that's love. That's such a love. lyric.
4: Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's,
0: it's such a great one.
1: But besides the the guitar, the the vocals, I love the kind of, tropical imagery and he he, like he usually he's talking about rain he's talking about very miserable sad visuals but in this he's
0: coconut island yeah even the percussion sort of feels like you're on an
2: island yeah well it took place on a greek island right he fell in love with her there and they were only there for three weeks that's
0: what it was (laughs) yep we got some counting crows fans in the house (laughs) know that's awesome Great list, guys. Yeah. Now it's time, I think. Actually, well we'll let's do our least favorite songs first and then you'll have a chance to tell us how bad our lists are. Okay, or cool. If you, or if you agree. <laughs>
4: Happily. Yeah.
0: I'm sure they're great.
1: Oh boy, I don't want to start with mine. Okay. I feel like I'm about to so, get offended. So
0: you may you Tom's may. about to get offended. Yeah, here we go. So to me, this was actually a hard list to make. Because at the end of the day, Counting Crows are fantastic yeah. and have yeah. so much good music that there mm-hmm. aren't that many songs that I actively hate.
3: I think you and I said yesterday, there were three songs that were like, yeah, these are going to be there. And the rest, it's like, I kind of have to work to put a song. It's Which like, is I don't such really a consider testament it like, to a band that's put out so much awful music. Song, there gross.
2: are very few Counting Crow songs where I go, I just do not like this. Right. Yeah. There are some that, like you said earlier, were
0: mediocre or mm. not as good. Yada, yada. But that doesn't mean just make it the worst song. Right. Yeah. But, so I'll start off with a song that is not by any means a bad song but to me i hate that this song exists my number five song is walkaways Mm. oh i always because this me this song is pointless i wish the album recovering ended on long december or ended on a different song to me you have this epic anthemic conclusion to the album with long december it's like a lighter in the air sing along and then you just have this skeletal sketch of a song that didn't go anywhere it's
3: also long december is also this like glimmer of hope in kind of Mm. an album of despair and he just kind of needs to put that last uh song in about like a one night stand of someone who's leaving like even after that (laughs) it's like maybe this will be better (laughs) than the last no she's leaving again (laughs) reminder i'm miserable (laughs) (laughs) uh my number five is sullivan street (laughs) Oh, whoa. That's so, <laughs> sorry, so whoa. wrong. I, you said that was your number one song.
2: I think it's my favorite song. Yeah, I feel oh, so man. bad putting that on there. I but, mean, I'm not
3: personal. It's okay. No, 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 no. I just
1: take the way home,
3: Tom. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Uh, I agree with what you're saying. I don't think this is an awful song. I don't personally like it, and this is probably the first one I'd take off of August Everything After. Uh, I had to reach...
1: Before Ghost Train? Ghost Train would yeah. be the first thing
3: I'd take off. I like Ghost Train, and I particularly I love... I would take off reigning in Baltimore before Ghost Train. I agree with that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, Speak up, perfect would I would <laughs> If
2: I had to take two things off august it would be ghost training raining in baltimore but that's if there was a gun to my head and yeah, i yeah, literally yeah. had to Wait, are you they're,
0: under they're, the gun there's a gun to your head right
2: now oh they're gone <laughs> did i make that joke last time andy made that <laughs> yeah, joke <okay. laughs>
1: i think you guys just don't like songs with circus words in them no, wow. raining oh. in baltimore
3: Circus. oh like the big top is crumbling down we love miss potter's lullaby i was gonna say that's, that's true tilt the whirls and there's all that imagery no but sullivan street i mean i already kind of unfortunately shat on what you were saying before so i don't need to go <laughs> into why i don't love this song um but again i don't think it's like an awful song i just had to find number five for this list and i yep. chose sullivan street. but
0: it, it you know had a happy home with tom that's okay it there does. we go i love it my number five pick is mercury mm like we said, skippable song on recovering the satellites. I said earlier in the podcast that I actually don't hate the studio version of this song. Sorry. You mean number four, right? What did I say? Number five? Yeah. yeah. My number four. Go on. Uh, I don't actually hate the studio version. I hate the live version of this song because it goes on forever. He usually extends this song way longer than it should be. And he's constantly like, oh, this is not a song about love. It's a song about addiction. I'm just like, shut up. He always does that. But (laughs) normally I like stuff like that. But for whatever reason, this song does not hit me in the same way. And it's just such a nothing song that I just don't need it. Fair enough. My number
3: four is Possibility Days. The last song on Somewhere Under Wonderland. Not
4: a good
2: one. That one stuck out to me as I was like, this is passable, I suppose.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I feel like they were trying to go with another kind of holiday in Spain with that song. Um, I don't know. I think the chorus is really awkward. Josh and I were talking about how again on this one he sounds kind of whiny not in a good way i guess already my number five and number four are songs where i kind of hear him being whiny i think that's just a coincidence but something about possibility days like when i first heard like the first 10 seconds just the those piano chords i was like okay this could be something and then he starts with just like a very cliched uh pattern and then it continues for the chorus and I don't know. It's not, I'm not a that, fan. That's a good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> from the same album, my number three pick is Cover Up The Sun. Mm. I just don't need this mm. song in my life. It's just useless. <laughs> it's pointless. It's boring. For being something so peppy, it's so boring to me. There's nothing to do. The band has nothing to do. Not a It
3: good doesn't one. feel original in yeah. any way, and it's not the kind of crows I love for sure, yeah. and I'm sure you as well.
1: You should rename it Cover Up The Song.
3: Oh man You're killing Sick it today burn. You're killing it
4: She is on fire tonight oh,
2: Deena begins
1: uh, It She
4: happened. had a couple
2: zingers Before we started
0: too It's true It's
3: true
1: We have that on record
3: yeah. <laughs> um, My number three Is also Mercury So we don't need to talk A little bit more about that
0: Okay My number two song Is Possibility Days That mm. song is trash <laughs> it's, a, it's a bad Bad song On a bad album Bad Bad bad. bad. And it's just End When that album starts off so promising with Palisades Park, which is really an incredible song. And Palisades Park
3: and Possibility Days are the two ones that were written primarily... By Adam. Just Adam. The other ones, like, were with you know some of the other members of the band. I don't
0: know how he listened to this song, and his vocal performance is terrible. Mm. He's goodbye and <laughs> It's like, so hard to listen to when you. It's hard to take the song seriously. Yeah. So many of his piano ballads are so stark and beautiful. One of my favorite songs on Saturday nights is "On a Tuesday in Amsterdam Long Ago." Him just him and the piano, the most bare bones, beautiful, haunting, expressive vocal yeah, performance yeah. he's ever done, yeah. and. And then to go to the next album to do possibility days it's <laughs> baffling to me how the yeah. same man wrote that song it's a it's, it's a very good point number two worst song of their career is possibility days mm. number two for me was cover up the sun <laughs> so yeah
3: we don't need to talk about yeah. that again the new one is not that good yeah. unfortunately <laughs> no.
0: I think we may have the same number one song. I know we do. So can we say it? The number one worst song that Counting Crows have ever done is "You You Can't can't Count on Me." I I
3: so agree.
1: So corny. So bad.
3: And that was the single. That was the single off that album. That was the only one that he did a music video for. That was the one he wanted to showcase. And every any other song on that album would have been a good single.
0: (laughs) it's it's nuts i know tom is excited to shit more on the album i love that album but that is a stain on the album mm. and a stain on their discography it's embarrassing that song i was
2: listening to re-listening to saturday nights uh very recently and i was trying to really like it more than i do hmm. and i was like what what am i missing about this I freaking am album I'm so curious you love 14 do you like 1492 Love. i love 14 a lot of i think album. it's I, I literally when i was making notes i was into it work i wrote down 1492 is a stupid song. <laughs> Are you
0: talking lyrically? Because musically, L- lyrically it's, it's very similar to Angels in a lot of ways. But it's it,
2: uh, musically, I, I don't find that uh, S- uh, Saturday Nights rocks nearly hard enough to warrant the theme. <laughs>
3: Wow. Hmm. So interesting. And
2: I I even made the note, I was like, nothing in this first half of the album rocks anywhere near as hard as Angels of the Silences.
3: I just need to read a lyric from 1492. (laughs) When he lists the dates, I was like, this is... That is actually the one thing that I said. There's something kind of stupid about it, but I get what he's going for, but I agree with you there. Skinny girls who drink champagne then take me on their knees again and pull me up and out the door to railway cars and tranny whores and mornings spreading out across the feathered thighs of angels. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I tried.
0: Dino, what do you think about this album? Because we yeah. sort of grew up in our fandom with Ken and Crows yep. just as this album. Well, before, obviously, you know, a little bit before, but this was the first album the two of us were anticipating together coming out. What do you think about the record?
1: Yeah. I think I prefer the Saturday night side to the Sunday morning side. Um, and also recently, I, I rediscovered Los Angeles. Actually, after, since we saw him perform um, yeah. back in August, oh, that's and right, that, and yeah. the yeah. story that he shared about him and Ryan Adams and all writing different verses, and um, yeah, such a good song such a good chorus um it's interesting that was one of the songs
3: on the album <laughs> not our favorite I we were, <laughs> uh, not although i will say i remember that he played is, that that song and i was like that's special just because i don't yeah, think they it really never played that a with me lot before live.
1: but then hearing it that backstory and the then, hanging
3: tree sounded great live oh yeah. shit it
1: really was yeah. and cowboys obviously cowboys I mean, is can't a good one on that cowboys yeah. i'm glad
2: you said that. i like cowboys and i really really like come around yeah, I think that Come was, Arounds real that good. was my number one. Yeah, that was one Josh's on that number album. one, and I, I was look, surprised by that. Do you? I think that sounds like completed to me. That sounds like a good complete Counting Crows song. Whereas the rest of it sounds like uh, ca- uh, them going, "We should make a Counting Crows album now." Interesting, because I wonder. Yeah. Like, I would think you'd really
0: like, you know, when I dream of Michelangelo and Washington Square. These sort of folky. I like Washington it's like the same Square. Same as August at all, but there's sort of a folksiness that they haven't been as bare bones in a while. I like.
2: Uh, when i dream of michelangelo but like look he took one a great lyric from recovering the satellites and wrote a song mm. around it
3: he actually started by writing when i Dream of michelangelo couldn't finish it and decided then to, to finish it, in, it, it yeah. in terms of angels of the silences oh, well i'll wow. eat my hat then <laughs>
0: <laughs> at least you're not eating crow oh, oh no we're God. burning <laughs>
4: I do uh, yeah. really
1: like Washington Square, though. I think that like could have been on August and everything after. Yeah, yeah. I also
2: like the what's the French one with the French. Le Ballet d'or. I like that,
3: which they also played at the concert that we saw. Yeah, yeah.
2: and there I remember you, you like pointed out you're like, "It's on Saturday nights or whatever," and I was like, "All right, I'll listen." And it sounded good because yeah. <laughs> I honestly i I played it a little bit when it came out, and here and there after, but I would almost always skip over it. Like when mm. I wanted to listen to County Crows, I would go, "Well, I'm going to listen to." one of the other great ones first
0: it is a long album there's a lot of tracks on there but i also
2: this is my last point i'll make on on that one uh i felt thematically it was kind of weak and as in
3: what they were trying to go for what they were trying
0: to go for and the overall point and whatever he was trying to make do you think it would have been better if they went back and forth between the hard stuff and the soft stuff kind of like recovering the satellites did yeah yeah so that it's not cool. as broken up interesting i wonder if, if yeah. you were about, um, hmm.
3: so i'm curious if you were to just put this album on shuffle <laughs>
0: what would you think of the album we should task each other to make a redux version of saturday night's and sunday mornings mixed together it could be an interesting project that would
3: be interesting but i'm always curious it's like i i totally understand and respect listening to an album as an album from hmm. one track to the next but just in terms of the actual songs and the songwriting i mean you've already said your piece i'm not gonna <laughs> yeah. try to try to sell you on this <laughs> album but uh i was just just wondering if 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 that actually would change your opinion at all just it, shifting it around
2: it might a little bit but i also felt i remember when it came out and seeing what it was called and feeling it was kind of a cliche where i was like that's a bit of a cliche idea you mean the names
3: or just the idea of a double album
2: uh the name and how that was the theme where saturday nights and sunday mornings so uh-huh. clearly he's going to Party one, and then regret, and then I also remember thinking I at was the so time, young, I didn't know that was so <laughs> overdone. See, also yeah, looking at it, thinking I'm like, you're like 46. I remember you, you
3: saying that in the car like, on the way to the concert. Got to be beyond that, dude. Hmm. I think that's sort of his curse, though. Yeah. <laughs> that, but what makes to me uh, so much of a songwriting great is that he hasn't been able to escape this inability to connect with people. Yeah, like, I'm, like I'm sure he hopes the same thing. You yeah. know, I'm sure he would want to be past this at 43 or however old he was when the album came out, but mm-hmm. he's not, you know, he's not, still, and still isn't.
2: Yeah, and that's my it, it, people who love Adam Durritz. They also all have the same complaint where sometimes you're like, just get over it, like, stop whining. <laughs> um, or you're like, never get over it. They are so <laughs> I <know>. captivating. <laughs> I and have so, a like, hard it,
3: thing where. That's another thing. I didn't even bring this up when we were talking about Somewhere Under Wonderland. And I know you don't like when I say this kind of thing. But
0: also, I know what you're about to say. Well, well let me say it. it.
3: <laughs> I think he found himself probably since when he you know started August and Everything After in maybe the best place he's been in. I don't know. He's off certain medications. He's like... Mm. He's still more obviously clear-headed. maybe more clear headed, even though some of his lyrics don't make any sense to me and are very weird. The on most that album. recent
0: interview I saw with him was the clearest and right. peppiest I've ever seen him in an interview. Yeah, yeah. So I thought he
1: was very lucid at the concert the show in yeah. August. Yeah. Those so,
2: long literary rants or whatever he went on when we saw him, I thought they were perfect. Mm. I love love when he does that love. in concert. What, was,
1: what did he say about Miami and his girlfriend? The, the plane flying into the sun, and he knew yeah. that it wouldn't last.
3: Yeah, <laughs> something like that.
2: <laughs> love. I love when he do, nails do, that do, stuff. Do, he's better than
3: anyone (laughs) but i think that he's maybe at some sort of place of complacency or yeah you know what i mean where totally and through that i don't know he's in general with the most recent album he hasn't he specifically decided to write songs that were like from a third person perspective, they were about other characters like Palisades park is about these two friends. And it's like everything he writes has twinges of himself in it. Mm -hmm. Like he, he doesn't know how to write. I don't think without putting some of his own emotion in it. Mm -hmm. And yet still there's something different about this songwriting and i think it has to do with where he is he's not what me, i don't in agree such with, a dark place and maybe but he is hard wrong, candy
0: but... is for the most part so a fun. bright, pop fun album which is 20 times better than somewhere under wonderland so i don't agree necessarily that, that i
3: don't know if that means that he was in a great place when he wrote that though
0: i guess what I, I thought you were getting at is sort of him being happier or more content with life leads to lesser music but i i well, I think recognize I am. a lot of them. that is where I'm leading. But, but you're, I don't you're think... saying you can still write great happy pop songs and not be happy. That's fair for
3: sure. I mean, just look at the lyrics of what he's writing. They're sonically. I think he actually likes the juxtaposition sometimes of yeah, he lyrics does. that are very down, but mm. the music that is very up. Look at American Girls. That's the best example. One yeah, of the best examples Yeah, that's what I was just thinking in terms of Hard Candy. Um, so I don't know. You know, we were talking about this with like Motion City Soundtrack. And, you know, I was saying the same thing. Like he has a wife and a kid and maybe that's why, you know, the songs aren't as great to me but, and you we were but. also talking
0: about this with our Brandy series and I sort of came back at you with Brandy was worried when she got married and she had kids and she was so happy that her songs wouldn't be good songs wouldn't be as good anymore and one of the twins one of her bandmates was like no when you're happy you do everything better including writing sad songs That's true. which it's I from person to person yeah could be person to person <laughs> yeah, I, still or maybe God I'm of Ocean Tides, optimistic in that I way I still
3: like he's still able to write these things yeah. but
2: I don't know but also when he was doing Saturday Nights, I think he was also in the throes of his mental disorder, I think was like really it killing was. him.
3: Yeah. we we never even discussed this, but he has a dissociative disorder, mm-hmm. which makes life seem like it's not real. Yeah.
2: It's I a mean, crazy it's thing. I, I remember reading about it one time and it makes everything feel like false and imaginary. Yeah, yeah like, like everything's disappearing. Acid mm-hmm. trip like you're not really
0: participating That's, in life. Sounds awful. Yeah. That sounds really so, hard. In any case, <laughs> do you want to go through top five albums first and then let's I do. end I the podcast with our songs. With the songs? Let's go individually so we don't have to go back and forth. Sure. Uh, you already
3: kind of alluded to us not maybe having the same list. We talked about this, I will already say, when we were all in the car together, the four of us, we kind of were going through our lists and you and I had the exact same list at that point.
0: My list has changed.
3: Yeah, he, Mine has not. So okay. I'll just Josh, tell you I right start now. Okay, started it down. <laughs> yeah. uh, f- top five, and they have six albums. So obviously I'm leaving somewhere under Wonderland off this list. Number five for me is August and Everything After. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> the mouths are open
2: wide. Yeah. The look of shock on her
3: face. You get no candy.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: good. I got my hard candy here. Um, that was the joke she was making.
1: <laughs> it's okay he hasn't eaten all day
3: It's true. true i've been just going i don't even know how long we've been doing this. just nine hours straight with nothing to eat it's been about 10 11 oh boy <laughs> um one two three four five six seven a.m all alone again Ooh, good reference Go um for it. okay so august and everything after i think i've already said this you know during this episode specifically but I really think that, and Adam, I'm not even going to say Adam agrees with me. Adam has said that he thinks Recovering the Sad Lights is actually the band's first real record. Mm. Mm. Because Adam, and I agree with this, is all about you know the band as a whole. And my favorite thing about Counting Crows is what every instrumentalist brings to the songs that Adam writes. Mm-hmm. Um, and in August and Everything After, I think the band creates a... An awesome platform for Adam to sing and do his rambling melodies and lyrics and whatnot. Storytelling, world building. Obviously, it worked out so well. It worked out for them, but still for me personally my favorite is when they are a band and all yeah. of these orchestrations and there's something a little bare which is really nice about august and everything after but i prefer it a little fuller than that so number four for me do you want to chime in i mean with my own
4: uh, no okay i'll no, just do i those. had, I I had a quick point to make on that
2: you're talking about how good the band is and following him and things yeah. like that i was listening to them live today and thinking Who's following who here? Because you know when he sings totally Mm. like off tempo and he's going all over the place, um, and I'm listening to the band to react. They're staying on, but following him at the same time. And I'm like, who is really leading this band right now? It's an
3: extremely give and take thing, and their live shows are just amazing. And from the get go, they wanted to be. Adam wanted them to be a band that Mm. was playing off each other like that live. I didn't even say this uh, in any of the past episodes, but Adam said, I I heard him in an interview. He said, before their first gig on their first major tour, I think like uh, four August and everything after, right before the gig, I think it was in Vancouver or something like that. They were sitting on the grass and Adam was just like, I think today in Rain King... I'm just going to like put my hands down and you guys are going to come down with me and I'm going to take it somewhere. I don't know where it's going to go, but you guys are going to follow me and we're going to find our way out of the song. And they're like, why? And he's like, I don't know. I think that's just kind of the band I want us to be before their first show of their first tour. And that is the band that they have remained. I just love that. I would have been like, what? Yeah. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) we didn't practice this, man. Um, Yeah. But anyway, hard candy is my number four um still definitely not one of my favorite albums of theirs but at least compared to august and everything after it is fuller in terms of like the band orchestrations and whatnot not that i need you know nicer catchier melodies i just do think that as an album it's full of great poppy gems and melodies and whatnot and I don't know. I mean, this is still lower on my list, so. but I just felt there was something about it that surpassed August and Everything After. But those honestly could flip back and forth because the best songs on August and Everything After, I think, are better to me than the best songs on Hard Candy. Totally. <laughs> <I'm sure you laughs> agree. Um, number three for me is Recovering the Satellites, which honestly, on a given day, could be number one, could be number two. These next three really flip around. I love Recovering the Satellites and researching for this podcast, and by research I mean just listening back to these albums that I've already known for years, I got more and more into Recovering the Satellites because I think it works so well as an album. Production-wise, everything works with one another. It's just such a great point in their career This is them getting into being a full band, and I love it, but it still has elements of his desperation that obviously, you know, remain, and and it's back there on Saturday nights and Sunday mornings, but I mentioned uh, to Josh earlier that, like, This Desert Life is a little bit lighter, even Hard Candy, there's some more lightness to it, but there's something about just that album right after August and Everything After... They're a full band for the first time, but he still is like feeling the same things that he was feeling in August and everything after. I don't know. Great. Such an amazing record. Number two for me, and these do flop all the time. Uh, Flip flop, not flop. They're not flops to me. (laughs) Saturday nights and Sunday mornings is my number two record. I think that the band is their most mature as instrumentalists on this album. I think it's Adam's best vocal performances. I'm not even talking about lyrics or anything like that. I think he is just so emotive, which is just Adam in general, but this is above and beyond. And I think every single member of the band just comes in with amazing parts to these songs. And it shows their abilities of doing extremely hard rocking numbers and then extremely stripped down, but not even stripped down. It's just like more acoustic delicate numbers. It's amazing. Um, And number one is this desert life (laughs) Uh, because to me, it brings me somewhere. It really brings me into this magical dreamland of Counting Crows goodness. And it really, there's something about that. You know, like Josh, when you and I were talking about Coldplay uh, for our first podcast, I didn't put Viva La Vida at number one. I don't even remember where I put it. I know that Rush of Blood was number one. But I'm almost going back on what I'm saying here. I think that This Desert Life as an album, even though we talked about how Hanging Around and and St. Robinson don't really feel like the rest of the album. You think Mrs. Potter's Lullaby and whatnot. I still think that it works so well as Mm. an album, as just so many colors, and it's dreamy and druggy and experimental, and it's still got everything I love about them and all of the nuances. And anyway, I I could gush for days about This Desert Life, but
0: that's my list. Very good. All Mm -hmm. right, my turn. Number five, August and everything after. My God. I know. I know. Who are these people? Yeah. But Jesus. to me, leaving. Round Here is such a masterpiece of sound and storytelling and music and feeling. Nothing else on the album hits that level of mastery to me. So... My my second favorite song is A Murder of One on that album. I I adore that song. But it's nothing like Round Here. It doesn't sort of bring me to the same place. Hmm. It's such a solid solid album. They sound so good. There's so many great songs on it. But what I love about Counting Crows isn't on this album. And I think Adam sort of touched on that before. So we love this band for a lot of reasons. Some the same, some different. But this version of Counting Crows has not been my favorite. But that doesn't make it any less infinitely listenable. It's a great record. Yeah. My number four is also Hard Candy. Hard Candy actually grew on me the most in my listening. I always just sort of threw it off as like the pop record that I kind of was not as into.
3: But again, I think you over the past few years, you can disagree with me here. I think you've just naturally been appreciating popier things a little bit more maybe which i really respect yeah but i noticed that with i think Coldplay as well and some of these things those things are just tending to grow on to
0: stop worrying and embrace or love the pop
3: that's good i think i still have a hard time with
0: that (laughs) so hard candy there's a stretch of hard candy the first seven songs if you listen to back to back is like infinite pop melodies one after the other that i can't believe exist i can't believe one person or a band wrote every one of these songs back it's just like boom 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 i can't believe it this the album is a little too long there's still some songs i'd take off like miami yeah. why should you come when i call maybe mm, New i would frontier take that is really cool but it, we don't need four or 13 14 songs on this yeah. album they
2: tend to really do that i know we said that before they, but they really like 60 minutes they're a little too long
0: it's something
3: about I think it's, I don't know, they don't want b-sides or I don't know why they feel like they need to include this. I mean, I think they love creating full bodies of work and if they really feel like this song is on, uh, if they want this song for a given album, they don't want to take it off just because they think people might want, might get tired listening to it or something like that. Yeah. They've always done what they want to do, yeah. which I've always respected, but I guess... fair enough.
0: So here's where my list started to shift because yeah. as Adam said, we um, don't say it. We uh, had talked about this earlier when we were all in the car together. My number three album is This Desert no. Life. I know oh. this album <laughs> Mine for the longest time was no question my favorite album of theirs. It's the most special album. Was the most special album to me because it was the first album I really listened to fully from them. And just like Adam said, it takes you in a world. It is just so interesting and experimental and psychedelic and warm and. There's so many songs on that album that bring me to a higher place. Yes. I mean, it is just unbelievable what they can accomplish on that album. But if I'm trying to think of album wise, album to album, the sequencing is wrong on this album. And it's just been distracting me more and more. Hanging around couldn't be less um introductory for an album like this. It sounds nothing like the rest of the album. Hanging Around is yeah. like this fun jam, hanging around, and just- how I'm not huge you, on that song. How can yeah, you put I'm Hanging much, yeah. Around and High Life on the same album? It just mm. doesn't work to me. And honestly, Miss Powder's Lullaby, love that song, was yeah. in my top five of the album. To me, even that doesn't fit with the body of the album. That stretch between Amy Hit the Atmosphere, Four Days, All My Friends, High Life, Color bron- Colorblind, I Wish I Was a Girl, Speedway, is just like this masterful mood that they set that I cannot get enough mm-hmm. of. But they, unfortunately to me, ruined it a, li- a little bit from the album listening standpoint. Sorry, Dina, but St. Robinson is not one of my favorites. And to bookend what was once my favorite album, by my two least favorite songs on the record, really brought this album down to me a little bit. So, where would you
3: you would have rather rathered them be the last two songs so you could just they should not be
0: on here? They should have written better songs. That's <laughs> what, do you, <laughs> I mean, what do you want me to say? It's they, all subjective. They don't, they don't fit on this album, yeah. and it, it's become more and more distracting to me as I'm starting to listen to these albums as a whole. More, I don't know about more than I usually do, yeah. but. Yeah, I know that was... It, it hurt me, too, to nice. drop it to number three. It's all good. Um, because this is always my number one. We'd always, both, Adam and I, would tell everybody, oh, this Dutch life's the best kind Crows yeah. album. My number two album is Saturday Nights and Sunday Mornings. Ooh. I, you know, everything that Tom said is completely valid. Um, I don't agree that it comes off as immature or what have you. And It sounds like you're mostly talking lyrically. You also had problems with the structure of the album. But as Adam yeah. has pointed to... There are so many parts of so many songs on this record that I can't believe exist. I can't believe how great the band sounds. They sound so in tune with each other. This was the hardest album for me to rank our top five songs because I had 10. like Out of 14, I couldn't list, I couldn't figure out what my favorites were because... They're almost all my favorites. Like I just hear I, something so different when I listen to it than you guys. I yeah. love that album. And again, we talked about maybe, maybe it has a little to do with this was the first album I was eagerly anticipating, and then it came out yeah, and this it blew is me also away. Kind of the first one I really got. I don't into know, as, know if that's it. I just love the songs. I just at the end of the day, I love the songs. Yeah. You said it, and I think I agree. Some of his best vocal performances ever are on yeah. this record. There are so many songs. That being said, I told you the worst song of their career and a stain yeah. on their discography is on this record. I yeah. recognize that. Yeah. And yet, skipping that song, this album is nearly flawless to me. I, I mm. love this record wow. so much. Tom, I'm curious what you mean
3: by... Uh, that a lot of the songs on Saturday nights and Sunday mornings sound like they're trying to just write a Counting Crows song. It felt to me when
2: I was listening to it, and like when it was coming out, that they were a little uh, unsure what to do next, Hmm. and we should Hmm. make an album. And Adam was very burnt out from the road at that point. So to me, he sounds tired on it, and the band is like, I don't know if we should be like, doing this or whatever. And so, and first, of, so the the theme right away, again, <laughs> Tired. Like, when you hear him yelling yeah, and insignificant, the... <laughs> I'm just like, damn, he's alive. Good. I, I like that. But it's, um, <laughs> there's a few on there where I'm like, I don't Dude, like if you got to rest, just rest. It's okay. Yeah. And also the, the the themes, the theme around it, yeah. where it was like, I, I just really felt that was cliche. And like, fair
4: I want to check
3: back in with you in ten years. <laughs> Maybe if you're I'll, willing to give this album more listens. I don't even know if you will. It's been but, ten years,
2: right? Uh, it's listen. been Exactly ten years. That's <laughs> true. And I, I was like, all right, I got to listen to this album again. For I'll give it a shot. And then I'm like, fourteen ninety two. I'm like, this
0: is dumb. Yeah. Man. yeah. So that leaves my number one album is Recovering the Satellites. So that mm. jumped tremendously for me. On these last few months, mm. sort of really looking at their their discography as a whole, going through it, I fell in love with more songs on this album that either I had loved a little bit or not as much or not at all that I, I couldn't believe. Like Children in Bloom. Oh my Have God. Have You Seen yeah. Me Lately. Uh, Monkey, you didn't love those. But mm. those songs like exploded to me. And honestly, at the end of the day, as much as I said how much I love the sound of just this desert life, it's right up there with the sound of recovering the satellites. In ter- in terms of their emotional intensity, the production of recovering I is stellar. Just the moments of Children in Bloom and Have You Seen Me Lately and Catapult and angels of the silences i can't believe exists it's just the most perfect it's, song it is perfect i'm amazed they don't play that at every show i mm. know and just like I, burn the place down they
3: just <laughs> started playing it again live in that form i think when they had played it uh maybe kind of recently they would do the acoustic version that's on like mm. storytellers right but uh i actually just download on their website they record every show that they do and do you can actually really? download it if you want so we can get ours I couldn't find ours. I don't Aww. know if something happened with it. I actually did Damn look it. for it, unfortunately. Um, but they did Angel of the Silences. They just brought the key down a little bit because he can't sing us high anymore.
0: Yeah. Oh, poor guy. Oh, well. <laughs> but you know what's interesting? <clears throat> two of the songs on this album i put as my worst songs isn't that wild Mm. here's the thing the counting crows have not made a masterpiece in my opinion they have not made a flawless masterpiece because each album there are little things i tweak and little things i take out both of you on my sides are are shaking your head because i know you think august is is perfect it's not to me um yeah, walkaways. I threw on there like just throw it away. And Mercury is fine. I don't hate it, but but anyway, the songs I love on this album have have I've fallen in love with even more. And just the entire mood just feels like a band at their peak. This Desert Life I may agree. be their peak creatively,
4: mm. yeah, in
0: terms of their instrumentation and orchestrations and sound, but they just command your 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 life like when you listen to recovering the satellites i can't i can barely do anything else it's yeah. so emotionally evocative it and completely rips cool. you i i love it That's this really well this said. is my favorite uh counting crows album for now maybe tomorrow change, yeah but. yeah <laughs> i say t-
2: recovering is is the only thing that could compete with august and everything mm. after in my book yeah
0: because it takes a lot of the things that you both loved about The way he sings and the way he writes songs but to me adds in the band finally to kill it and dan vickery coming in with the electric guitar just that addition to the band and
3: ben i mean steve bowman would not be able to hit the drums as hard as ben does
0: steve but but, yeah no ben is i mean literally the the, the rhythm uh, section just everything I, i love the way that album sounds and i love the way it makes me feel
4: yeah
1: I have to say, I don't know if it's just because it's the album that got me into Counting Crows, but Hard Candy, I think, is a great example just of their range and their ability, as you mentioned, Tom, to write pop songs that are also amazing lyrically. Yeah,
0: I don't mean to dismiss it at all by just saying, oh, it's the pop record. Because we talked about um, when we've been going through the albums before you guys got here, it's insane their progression from august to recovering we already talked about how can you go from that to angels like how can you do that from recovering the satellites to this desert life all of a sudden they've become like a a weird interesting studio psychedelic band, Experimental. experimental and then to go from that to writing these perfect pop songs that sound amazing still have this unbelievable orchestrations and 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 compositional uh identities but the
1: darker songs on that record are incredible too Black and blue blue. carriage.
0: carriage. Oh, don't even get me started. So good. Do you think their
2: darker songs though are really where they thrive? Do you mean lyrically? The whole package, lyrically, performance-wise, and with the band. Because I kind of I love both. You you do. I Hmm. do. Do you agree with me? Well, we'll see our top five
0: songs, Adam, to see which of those come out as. I don't know how many songs he writes lyrically that are. Pep, like,
1: yeah, even the happy. even the peppy songs are still sad. Like yeah. American right. Girls, like you said, like just port. What's the lyric? Pills just, and ashes under her skin. under her skin. Porcelain, Porcelain under, under her, skin. her skin. I yeah. mean,
4: yeah. Whew,
3: man, good. <laughs> <laughs> I think accidentally in love is like the only one I can really think of that is very much just a love song. Obviously, it says accidentally, so he's got to put some <laughs> sort of like almost negative spin right, on it. You right. Could right. Say. He's got to make a problem for himself. But, <laughs> But I really feel like the rest aren't usually just, like, all happy. They might have some twinges of hopefulness. I think that's sort of as far as we'll go.
0: All right, so let's wrap up the podcast now. Adam and I are going to go through our top five favorite Counting Crow songs of all time. Maybe you'll agree. Maybe you won't at all. Can't wait to hear all the peanut gallery. My number five favorite Counting Crows song is "Goodnight L.A. Mm. I I don't know why. I I,
3: would never make my list, but okay. He put that as number one on Hard Candy and I could not understand it because that would be one of the songs that I would probably cut from that. Same. I
0: I hate you forever. So (laughs) So for me, this list is impossible. There are so many great songs. I am so in love with this band and how many great songs they have. It's almost overwhelming. And they don't even have that many albums. It's really impressive. So to me, the way I did my top five, maybe I should have said this before Fair enough. is I'm doing the five songs that I want to listen to right now no matter what no questions asked I'm not saying it's their best sure. I'm not saying mm. it's historically my favorite I'm saying right now what is connecting with me the most mm. Amen Goodnight LA is a band on their poppiest record doing a slow piano ballad in such a beautiful way it is so lush and warm that one chord change when we talked about oh man Bright,
3: i blue and gray.
0: it's gorgeous and the way this, this song ends his most beautiful outro his vocal wailing on it i think this song is stunning i love the way it sounds it's so warm good night la fair enough my number five song is actually rain king
3: oh nice um i'm happy to see that there redemption. Love Yeah, love that song i think every version of it the normal sort of studio version that they play like uptempo and live and the softer version that's on a couple of live albums um so good and it's it's a testament to how good the song is at the core there is something about that song that just makes me very very happy
4: <coughs> don't
3: cry <laughs> <laughs> and i really felt the need to put that on here um. even if, yeah, this list is always changing, but there's something about this song, I, just, I, need, I need to do it, so
0: I did it. My number four song is the first one we'll have repeated between the two of you, High Life. I adore this song, and yeah. I just, this is, for the longest time, I would tell people this is my favorite Counting Crows song, yeah. because to me, like Dina said, It is so interesting. You're just lost in this sea of strings. And to I said earlier, it sounds like the the strings are played backwards. Mm -hmm. There's something about that that that's so special and colorful and cool. It just encapsulates this desert life to me so much. And I just, it's such a special song for this band. I I love High Life. One of my favorites as well. Uh, Number four for me is Angels of the Silences,
3: which I just find to be a perfect song. A perfect song probably the hardest they've rocked i mean i think some songs on saturday nights are up there with that but still there's something specific about angels of the silences that just gives and gives and gives as a song you're never bored by it
0: it's just perfect
3: every melody every aspect of it it's fucking amazing
0: love it (laughs) my number three song is come around. Ooh. I Adam's shaking his head. This song is perfect. I think Tom actually said it really well. It's you said, I mean, I don't agree with the whole sentiment, but you said on this album you felt like it was the most completed song or most Yes. To me it's it's perfect. It's an effortless melody. Brought together so well by a band at its peak. So many nooks and crannies and musical moments that I adore. Then the band comes back with their background vocals after the bridge to add to the chorus. And yeah. then Adam does another layering of his voice. I just love how perfect and how perfectly it closes that record, mm-hmm. which I told you is my second favorite. Yeah. I mean, it's to me just, it's just a perfect, perfect song.
3: Tom, are you a Bruce fan? Uh, yes, I am. <laughs> Do you think this song sounds at all like bruce springsteen come around i I don't know Bruce too well yeah the few songs that i do know uh there's something about this song specifically and i know that bruce is an influence on them as a band and adam as a songwriter there's something that sounds a lot like bruce springsteen to me
2: i hadn't thought of that maybe that's also why i love the song so much um I'd have to re-listen and get back to you. It, did, go ahead. it doesn't jump out to me. Okay. That influence, Bruce but, Springsteen fan.
3: Well, there we go. <laughs> in the world right
0: here. <laughs> Your number three.
3: My number three is Cowboys. Yes. Whoa. Another, Another song Saturday night song. That just you got two gives blue-eyed and baby boys in the house.
1: <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> um
3: I gushed enough on that song when we were talking about it. Just so like Angels of the Silences. It's So intense. So many parts, everyone is perfect. His vocal performance is insane. I, th- I think it's one of his, their masterpieces and perfectly indicative of what I was saying in terms of this album and how every instrumentalist is at their peak on this album. I think that song really encapsulates mm. that.
0: My number two song is I Wish I Was a Girl from yeah. This Desert Life. <laughs> the bridge of I Wish I Was a Girl is probably the best moment in their entire discography i think it's the moment that makes me feel the most things yeah it's just so special i can't even begin to talk about how much i love the music that happens in that bridge i, I adore that song and the whole song i love but that part specifically yeah. put it so high i i can't yeah i'm gonna start tearing up that, thinking about it. i wish i was a girl i love it my number two pick is sundays off of
3: saturday nights and sunday mornings um the co- What's interesting about this is that it was partially produced by the producers of This Desert Life. There is something that brings me right back to that album in its dreaminess.
0: I'm hypothesizing that it was actually recorded during the same sessions, and they sort of brought it out of the demos and sort of added layers or something to it in the Saturday night sessions. But so,
3: And I guess I didn't know that for the longest time, but that song always spoke to me, and I think that's why. And the choruses are absolutely perfect but one of my favorite musical moments in life in all of music is the outro of sundays when he's just layering of music people himself <laughs> <laughs> layering his little vocal lines on top of his own melody and like the other band members are doing that and it becomes this like cacophonous mellifluous dish <laughs> bliss Let's of say that. goodness
0: yeah it's it's perfect yeah. I love that song as well my number one favorite Counting Crows song of all time is Angels yes. of the Silences wow I think that's always been a Josh, yeah, Josh. I can't believe (laughs) it exists. I cannot believe a song of this good kind of exists. When I listen to this song, I am yelling and singing at the top of my lungs. I want to feel every drum hit, every guitar screech, the guitar solo, the harmony. Everything comes together in this perfect song that is so aggressive, emotive, beautiful, interesting, well orchestrated. Just everything comes together in this perfect slice i just can't believe they wrote this song i think it's their best song the best song they've ever written and i just
3: well i put it at number four so i agree with you i just think i wish i was a girl is slightly better Mm. because that is my number one song really whoa i think i've known that for a while to be honest um i've always known deep down but another song that just keeps on giving. It's one of those things. I'm I'm finding these pieces where every section that they go to is perfect. Works so well with the other. This one has the bridge that Josh was just talking about. Definitely one of my favorite musical moments as well. Mm. The outro is insane. The choruses are beautiful. The verses too. I love that guitar riff. Just everything about this song. And also what I like is that on an experimental record this is still like the rockiest song on that record so they're able to take some of their rockiness and their folkiness i guess and the experimentation and like almost all of the past two records and the current record combine into
0: this song it just yeah it gets me Great, great list. You want to quickly go through any sort of honorable mentions? To me, Round Here could have been on my list. I think that song is perfect. I can't stop singing it constantly, for sure, (laughs) all the time. I can't stop singing so many different parts. His voice is perfect. The mood he sets, oh man. I was was saying
3: before when I put Hard Candy, you know, above August and Everything After, um, I was still saying that I think the songs from August and everything after I think round here and rain King are better than the best songs on hard candy to me. So I a hundred percent agree with you "Round here could have been on there. Um, talking about hard candy carriage definitely Mm -hmm. could have been on my list. That's, I love that song. I, I find it to be immaculate. Um, High I Life, had, as well I had recovering me. the satellites, the title yep. track recovering of, the satellites. I love that
2: song. I do too.
3: Four days, maybe. I still think that high life and I wish I was a girl was slightly above that in terms of this desert life. um honestly to me, I Palace think Goodnight
1: Elizabeth is probably my
3: favorite.
2: Of- How good is that
3: recovering song, man. interesting. How not good? a favorite of mine.
1: behind well, catapult.
3: Yeah. So you Good were memory. saying it sounds like that album could be on August and Everything After. And That's that true. was That's tr- the first that song, yeah. song that they that he wrote mm. after August that and that Everything song After. Would fit so perfectly the fact that, that you guys sense. love that so much is is interesting. That so is I don't, a crushing song. song to hear. <laughs> I
0: was just about to say I would actually consider Palisades Park. I understand that. Because mm. it's it's pretty masterful and it's pretty exciting. We're about to talk maybe just briefly about where we think the band's gonna go next. When I first heard Palisade Park, I was like this band is about to do something special again. Yeah. Like it's this, it's progressive, it's interesting, it's storytelling, it's jazzy at mm-hmm.
2: times, which they don't often do. Yeah. When they played it live and you pointed out that, that this was on the new one and I hadn't heard it yet, I was like kind of into it. I was like, really? And they're not that hot on this album? Like this mm-hmm. is this is good. It's
3: a great song. It's very exciting. Yeah, it's the flip side to hanging around. It's like, this is what opens the
0: album. You're like, oh my God. Yeah. And then you're like, <laughs> dirt. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of it just doesn't come up. Yeah. So that would be for me. Yeah. So yeah, any any guesses where they're going to go next if they have a place to go? I don't know. I have a uh, got no place to
3: go, but there's a girl waiting for me down in Mexico. Mm-hmm. They should do that maybe. Uh, like, okay. Ooh, a Mexican folk
2: album
0: perhaps? Oh my god, no. It'd be
2: awesome. <laughs> I, see, my I I wish I hate to be cynical, but my since my thought is like they tend to go down mm-hmm. a little bit in quality. Each one uh, in my mind I'm like, well the next one's just not going to be if that trend continues, not that great. It's understandable. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I unfortunately, you know, when they tour, I I kind of see them getting a little complacent, mm. and I 100%. see them I see them touring like with '90s nostalgia. X, unfortunately, right. I. And They've been touring
3: with Matchbox 20 for the last however there many years. were like years. two years in a row. One was Rob Thomas specifically.
1: Well, Adam, you've seen them, what, 20 times? 12. 12 yeah. times. Let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Just 12. But how is yeah. that? how have they kind of evolved over the course of Life. So yeah. The
3: interesting thing is I wish I was present as a person for the first <laughs> concert I saw because I think that was probably their peak for yeah, me. That, that was right the best before concert. Saturday
0: Nights came out. Yeah. Um, so no seven. I just have seen
3: him naturally. He can't sing certain songs the same way anymore. So they don't play as many of their harder songs, which are some of the my favorite songs. I mean, I Angels of the Silences, Cowboys, even. I mean, they do. I wish I was a girl, but uh, yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying in terms of complacency. And uh, the live show is a good point because even now, like for years, they've been closing with the same exact songs. They're just. They seem to be just. Not in a rut. Complacent is the perfect way to put it. And I don't want them to make another Somewhere Under Wonderland. I really want them to make the next generation of counting crows that's my
2: exact sentiment because mm. when i saw that they were doing the 25 years and counting tour i was yeah. like come on <laughs> i was like you could put out an original album and just tour behind that like yeah. i can envision a future where they tour with like better than ezra or something and i'm just like they may have already toured with that band. <laughs> I, I don't, don't even know. know they, they know probably that are. That I mean, like again there's nothing wrong with that but they're just but you're right they could easily tour on great material they
0: put out themselves adam and i have sort of started the podcast started this podcast sort of saying we don't really fully understand why the world doesn't understand Counting Crows. I love this band so much. They're one of so the most
2: misunderstood bands in the world.
0: Yeah. Why? I, I can't imagine people listening to the stuff we're listening to and, and not connecting with them. Yeah. So it just must mean you, you you, have this band sort of in their minds stuck with 90s radio hits that you've never sort of followed up with and listening to the albums or... Or well, you're I, I don't not know. willing
3: to literally go in and listen to every single song of their discography, which is a lot to task someone with. But I think that is the only way that you can really get I think the that's
0: one of the reasons we really wanted to do this podcast, is right. to introduce people, hopefully all the listeners, to a band that they never knew was this great.
1: I hate when people call Counting Crows easy listening. Do they? I oh, don't
0: oh. know. Put on Angels of the Fucking
3: Silences. (laughs) Not even
0: that. There's so much shit going on. There's seven members in the band now. Dina, I actually sent Andy, our friend Andy, who's actually a guest in the podcast um, a couple series ago, uh, Angels of the Silences. And he was like, holy shit, this is good. (laughs) And so for me, I'm chipping away slowly to people. Because he's a punk rock guy, so he can get into stuff like that. I think
3: I have a bunch of friends that don't feel like they have the time to devote to really trying to get into a band if they hear a couple songs peripherally and they don't dig it they don't dig it i hate that because that's not how i personally listen to music like i'll give a band a a fair shake Mm. but all i can do is make this podcast and keep (laughs) spreading the crow's gospel and try to be unembarrassed and unashamed of my love for this band because hands down will forever be the most important band in my life
2: I think it's also for other people. It's the it's the curse they have of having so much success in the '90s. Like that's when you're yeah. when you're that popular, there's always going to be like a bit of a backlash in some and way. Adam
3: you're, even you're, shut down some of the August and everything after like promotion because yeah. that's what he was afraid of. Mm-hmm. Yep, they were gonna do a, a music video for Rain King, but he was like, "No, this is we're getting too big. Like the yep. world's gonna hate they us." They
0: suffer from the same thing that you know. We'll have to do a whole nother podcast on this, but one of my favorite bands of all time is actually Bare Naked Ladies, yeah. a band that nobody takes seriously. Probably similar. less seriously yes, than Counting Crows well, because, because they have all some, of their songs, all their hit that get songs, popular, are, are hokey. Yeah. Yeah. which is such a disappointment to me for a band that has an unbelievable discography of, of unbelievable songwriting. Yeah. Like, oh man. So similarly, you've got these big 90s pop rock alternative radio hits, and people just sort of see them as novelty now. And I, I, it's sad to me that Counting Crows has suffered that fate. When you listen to Recovering the Satellites, there are so many moments on that album where I feel like I'm listening to the best band on the planet, yeah. Yeah. on the fucking planet. That album
3: also is timeless. There's yeah. something timeless mm. about it. And unfortunately, I also think a lot of people can't get past... Adams dreads. I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. I J- think the
1: elephant in the room. I think I,
3: yes, exactly. I think, I think they're they, cool. I agree with you. I mean, nowadays it looks maybe. I mean, got a, gotta little, little, well, pick a better wig. That they're not real. <laughs> another fake. <laughs> well they've always been extensions, but I you know I read something where he said he came out of the uh hair salon, you know, with them looked at himself in the mirror and saw himself for the first time really. So he I don't know. I'll let the guy do He's his thing. He's a Russian Jew American
0: impersonating African Jamaican, so. There's also at a certain
3: point just <laughs> listen to the music. Seriously, I don't get that. I seriously don't. It's about the music. It's not about the visual. So
0: Yeah. I mean, just doing this podcast researching for this podcast falling in love again with one of my favorite uh, artists of all time has been so meaningful to me having the two of you on here has been so meaningful to me to have because honestly the four of us in this room are the only people in my entire life who I know love this. this band who could do this yeah who understand Adam and the crows like so this means so much to me thank you guys so much for being here no thanks for having this was great this is this amazing such a fun time thanks for hanging around
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> now let's all sing a lullaby to ourselves tonight
0: like Miss Potters
1: yeah <laughs> wasn't my best maybe edit that out <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: no we're keeping it in thank you thanks everyone for listening I hope you love this band as much as we do or are about to because there is some great music for you enjoy
1: Can you introduce me as Deanna Begins?
4: Deanna. Oh She's got God. the puns How tonight, many man. How do you have these puns written down? I'm She's so killing excited. it with the puns, man. I've been
1: waiting 15 years for this moment. <laughs>
4: okay.
3: <clears throat> Whenever you want.
1: Did you have enough sandwich?
3: <laughs>
4: no, but that's okay. <laughs> Remember his jaw locked up. Oh, right. <laughs> okay.